guys, Guy Rules here, and welcome to the Reboot Revival Rehash Cast. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Monsters Review. What's up? And today we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Chugga Conroy. Hello, I am a perfect rehash because I've been on this before, not on this show, but on your channel. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the show, everyone. This is the show where we compare reboots rehashes revivals basically anything really we, we've kind of stretched the the definitions here today yeah. we have a very special show because it is pretty much all spongebob mostly spongebob you only make videos about spongebob <laughs> <laughs> this is the year of the least spongebob videos I, I got a comment about that like earlier in the year of like oh you only make spongebob videos and like literally it was like three videos in the year that were spongebob so <laughs> take that take that random commenter from earlier in the year ha. okay fine you only make videos on teen titan no <laughs> you bring up uh, that show and just everything explodes no matter what you say about it yeah 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 <laughs> i thought you i thought you said no controversial subjects and here you're bringing up teen titans go <laughs> <laughs> that's worse than talking about politics <laughs> there's listen there's three things we don't talk about <clears throat> on this podcast religion Politics, Teen Titans Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except we talked about Teen Titans Go in the first episode. Yeah, that was the first episode. All right. Well, <laughs> I was like, kind of. That was the learning experience from the pilot episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah. Today we got SpongeBob meets the Strangler and the Getaway as our comparisons. Monsters okay. also wanted me to talk about our icons from last week. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, so okay. So I got new Pycons, and I didn't really talk about it much last week, but because it was a big surprise, and at that point, at the point we recorded, I don't even think I had them finished. Um, but mm. I have new Pycons, so I thought it'd be funny to do like a like a Frankenstein version of the old and the new one to be a logo for the recast, which I think looked I think looked all right. Uh, yeah. Some people weren't crazy about it, but in order to make it kind of like consistent. We were going to have Monsters' old profile with this new one, because he recently got a new one. The problem right. is, is that your old profile, the face is looking at, like, a three-quarters degree angle. Right. So it yeah. doesn't make as seamless, like, a like a little half-and-half half transition as yeah. mine did. Yep. Uh, so... Monsters was like, this doesn't, this doesn't look great. Let's not do this. And I was like, just do it. We'll let the fans decide. <laughs> and you guys decided, so we're never doing that again. It was a cool concept, though. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a Discord. Uh, there's a link in the description. If you want to leave comments and questions and suggestions that we use in the podcast, please join our Discord server. Chuck Conroy, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, about to fly out for a wedding tomorrow, but, you know, just taking care of things little by little before I left and been happily working. Nice, nice. Is it... Uh... Is it Peach and Bowser? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I would say that I'm going to the moon, but I'm already afraid afraid of regular flying. So, but um, I I guess you could say I guess you could say like Peach and Waluigi. Yeah, it's it's uh <laughs> it, it's Lucagen and Proton John. They're, they're getting married. Why did I know that's who you were talking about when you said that? Interesting. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I don't know, like, on the real though, Bowser for Smash. No, no. <laughs> uh, he he thinks he is Waluigi, so I think at this point he has just become Waluigi to everyone else. Anyway, That's yeah. Fair. So just been preparing for that. Um, been yeah, been happy. Cool, cool. Yeah. Been nice. uh, oh, what's it? The what's the name of the? 
the Happy Club or something? The the clan in Earth Earthbound. Oh, Happy Hap the Happy Happiest. Right, right. You're you're joining them. Blue, blue. <laughs> I'm learning how to whistle. I will practice over there. Uh, how about you guys? Monsters. Where? How? The, that Planet Sheen review. Is it out? Uh, no, it's it's not. No no surprise here. Yeah, it's it's not done. I haven't made progress on it in like two months. I couldn't blame you. <laughs> you yeah, no, it's it's dreadful. I mean, in in all honesty, I really haven't had the time to. But also, like when when the time does pop up to work on it, I'm probably just going to be like, why? When when I finally have some leisure time to myself, why would I spend that beautiful, beautiful, sweet, sweet time <laughs> watching Planet Sheen and making a video <laughs> ranting about it? Uh, so it's yeah, no, it. I I promise I will get it done. It will be done sometime. I can't guarantee when, but. Yeah, Planet Sheen. Who would blame you? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I just got a Whirly Hopper. No. <laughs> that, that's, that's a reference to Planet Sheen. Oh, anybody that He's that referencing it now. No. It, <laughs> it's a special kind of bad, though, because, like, I know that Planet Sheen is bad because, like, I've just heard through, like, the grapevine and seen a couple episodes myself, but mm. no one ever talks about it. Like, it's right. a thing that just no one wants to remember. Like, No, it's, uh, that's the thing. Like... Even with, like, with shows that I, I really, really don't like. Like, even with, well, I don't want to say Problem Solvers, probably not that show. But e <laughs> even with, you know, some shows, they'll have their fans. Like, like let's say the, yeah. worst, the worst episodes of SpongeBob, in my opinion, still have their fans. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Planet Sheen? Dude, I don't know anyone that would be like, oh, man, yeah, my favorite is episode 14 where... where Sheen dates the two-headed girl like <laughs> you know or like I love the episode where not Carl Weezer joins the show like right yeah no that's exactly what happened for me I was working on that top 10 cartoons of all time video and you know I was reminiscing back on Jimmy Neutron because you know I love Jimmy Neutron and uh, I was watching episodes on Hulu and I came across Planet Sheen and I was like oh yeah I forgot this existed so uh, after I finished that video I tortured myself essentially and watched all fifty-two episodes of Planet Sheen. That's the thing. Your your video's like done. Like I, you're you're like I don't know. You're stop motion. The audio is it completely recorded. It's just the visuals that need need completion. Just just release the audio. Yeah. Out of <laughs> out of morbid curiosity, I decided to see what episode fourteen of Planet Sheen actually is to see how right you were. <laughs> the oh. official the dis official description: Sheen vows to never bathe again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you give the title? What's the title? Washing my sheen. Uh, <laughs> that's actually really funny. Actually. Uh, that's the uh, best Planet thing I've seen from that the, show. The craziest titles in the world. Of course, of course, we have the pun master when we're talking about Planet Sheen titles. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm I'm trying to catch up on sleep. The SpongeBob <laughs> video just wrecked me. Uh, right, but it, it's out. It's done. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You have that. Yeah. Seems like the shorter season let you do higher production values, so you ended up just creating more work for yourself? Kind of. The, <laughs> the thing with the Spongebob video is always, there's always just more to be done. Like, like, and whenever I have an idea, I can't not do it. Like, this season I did, I tried to do kind of unique transitions for each, not unique for each, but I did a different transition. Ordinarily, I just do like a push to the left for the next slide. But this time I tried to do one where it was like a, an eraser erasing the whiteboard or the blackboard. And I was like, I had that idea. And that was like mm, 16 hours before the video was about to go up. 
<laughs> so mm. I'm like, sure, let me go into uh, After Effects and whip this thing up and then render it out uh, 21 times for each transition and then put that in and then uh, check it to make sure there's no errors with that, which there were because I had to change the slides afterwards and I had to re-render it. A- anyway, that that's really what it is. It's just that, like, no matter how much I plan ahead of time and no matter how much I have a formula down of making these videos, there's always just new little ideas I have or there's always, like, one thing. Like, I... I forgot to change the the title color on the thumbnail and the the season ten picture. That's not supposed to be blue. That's not the right color. That's I change the color every time. That's the color I think for season eight or nine or something. So <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, not to bring everyone down. Uh, let's let's get into what we talked about or uh, what we watched this week. Uh-huh. So, uh, Mister Review. Yeah. Did you watch any Televisior? Uh, yes, I did. Um, I mean, this isn't television. The first thing I'm going to bring up, it's a movie. Okay. Uh, over the weekend, I watched Sausage Party with some friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it wasn't my first time watching it. I think this is maybe the third time I've seen it. Why? Uh, I ask myself that all the time. It's it's a It's a decent movie. I mean, it's got some good fun. It's got some good jokes. I love... You know, it's it's not the most sophisticated movie, but I I do like the inclusion of the metaphors and the the allegories and like the douche actually being a douche, <laughs> and like you know just kind of those those metaphors that parallel real life issues that humans deal with in comparison to food, and the people that I was watching it with, it was their first time seeing it, and during some of the scenes, uh, I'm sure that you know even if you haven't seen. Uh, sausage party basically it kind of escalates to where the food start basically being chopped and eaten and it's like really violent and they were like oh my god this is like borderline like murder this is like so basically they were watching it and they were like this is like john wick violent monsters is is it actually though no i mean some of it like they they really do make it dramatic and um and like they have screaming and there's even some parts where it's like like, you know, the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, where it's like the shaky cam and there's like people with their guts hanging out. Like, it, they kind of try to do that with the food. Um, but it's food. It's it's CGI, like cartoon food. So when I watch it, I just think it's funny. But they were like genuinely disturbed by it. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of shock value that comes with it the first time you watch it, especially, which is why I think they were so hooked into it. But since it was my, what, third time watching it, I was, you know, I was just sitting there enjoying it. Um, have you guys seen Sausage Party? No, I've never no. seen it either. I've I've heard things. <laughs> Monsters. Every time you mention you haven't seen like a really good show on this podcast, I'm just gonna bring up the fact you've seen Sausage Party three times. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, you you can hold me to that. You know, you could have watched some of the Legend of Korra. You could you could have watched Steven yeah. Universe. You could have watched mm-hmm. you, there's tons of things. And you <laughs> sausage party three times. Oh my yeah. god! I found someone else who thinks the Legend of Korra is good. Thank you for existing. <laughs> at least, at least one season of that show is really good. I'll, yes. I'll concede yeah. that season three is next level compared to yes. the rest of the show. I've only like, seen the first season. Yes, oh, season three. But, um, the other stuff I've watched. I was bored, and again, I was browsing on Hulu, and I came across Justice League Action, which I've heard about. But I haven't seen anything from it. I think it's been on Cartoon Network for a year or two now. Um, and I I thought it was dull. Like, I wasn't really a big fan. And I'll give it the benefit of the doubt because it was the first two episodes. They're the, the first two parts of a four-part special called uh, Shazam Slam. 
But <laughs> no, it, it, like it was a lot of action, and that's what I like. By the way, we do need more action cartoons. An action show <laughs> on Cartoon Network? What? Yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> but and it's eleven minutes, that, right? The the way that I heard about this, yeah, it's eleven minutes long per episode. And I, yeah. the way that this this series was kind of explained to me is that it's like a comedic take on Justice League. From the episodes I saw, there wasn't really too many jokes. I mean, it's it's a lot more lighthearted than like the early two thousands Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, but. Uh, but no, it, it was it was just boring. Like the action, there was a lot of action. It just wasn't that great. It was a lot of like magical effects and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, I d- it didn't really have me hooked. But it does have a cool voice cast. Like Kevin Conroy plays Batman. Uh, Mark Hamill's in there. Sean Astin. Uh, there's a lot of celebrity cameos. So, so there's that. And then also SpongeBob themed episode. I did watch an episode of SpongeBob. Cliche, oh. but it truly is one of my favorite episodes. Band geeks. You know, I, I know that everybody says, oh, Band Geeks is the best episode oh, of SpongeBob. Whatever. I don't know if I can say it's, it's, it's the best, but I love Band Geeks. It's so iconic. It's so funny, so well written. And when I think about why I love SpongeBob and what I love about SpongeBob, this episode is the first thing that pops into my head. I, I think Band Geeks just has a little bit of what everyone likes. Yeah. You know, where it's not just jokes, it's. You know, you have Squidward not getting, you know, crapped on in the end. You have a musical number that's really big and epic. I love it when they, when they like, replace the voice. Like, that's one of my favorite parts of the Sweet Victory song is the fact that it's SpongeBob singing it, but it's not SpongeBob's <laughs> voice. It's, like, this, like, this very deep, you know, like, rock metal voice. Yeah, it's it's beautiful is what it is. It's also an yeah. underdog story, which is, it everyone is. loves an underdog story. Right. And there's so many iconic moments, too, like the, is mayonnaise an instrument? No, horseradish is not an instrument. You know, white sedan, plankton playing the harmonica, all that stuff. Like, it's just such a great episode. Pretty Mm -hmm. much every character in the show, like, I I, I don't know if Larry's in it, though, but, like, pretty much every character in the show has at least one really good moment in it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not just that it has a wide cast, but it's, like, like every character kind of ends up doing a little something. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. I don't think anyone would blame you for saying it's a good episode. Right. I'd love to meet someone who doesn't like that episode. Like, I honestly, I still think, I do think it's like a little overrated. It's not really something that I would consider the best episode of SpongeBob. You're a chocolate with nuts guy, aren't you? I am. I am. (laughs) I am. Like, come on. Uh, But, uh, but no, like, I'd like to meet someone who genuinely doesn't like that episode because I I don't know. That'd be really Mm. interesting. Hearing a critique against it would be really rare. And like, if it was well built, I don't know. Yeah. No, it could be interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe that'd make for an interesting video. Like I do like most of the stuff in season two, and and this belongs in there. So mm. fair enough. All Definitely. Right. All right. Well, I'll go next. So last week I watched. Uh, so I mentioned that I'm stuck in my one month uh, one month paid of Boomerang streaming service, and I still am. So I'm trying to get my money's worth there. Um. So I continued watching the Looney Tunes show. And I watched, like, a decent chunk more episodes, and I think I've really kind of, like... First of all, there's only two seasons. I thought the show was on... Because it was on for, like, four or five years, but it's only two seasons. Hmm. Uh, So, unfortunately, it does seem like the type of show that would have probably gotten really good, maybe, like, in three or four or five, like, in future seasons. Because season two... I I went back and I watched it again, and, like, season two is definitely, like, a bit of an improvement, but... I think what really kind of kills the show a lot for me is Daffy. The show very heavily relies on many, many storylines where Daffy Duck is 
a self-involved idiot that doesn't know what's going on around him. Like, I mentioned the examples from the first episode, and it is the first episode, but just, like, the most obvious jokes of, like, Bugs is like, I bet you don't even know my last name. And then Daffy Duck calls Bugs Bunny, like, you know, Bugs Buford or something like that. Like, yeah. it's just like, oh, wow, I didn't, wow, you good joke, good joke there. Uh, but, like, a lot of the storylines revolve around Daffy just doing that. And I just, it's not that I don't like Daffy. I just don't, I think it's just obvious. Like, the jokes are just so obvious. But, but, I saw episodes where it's Bugs and Daffy versus, like, another character. Like, there's a there's an early episode where Yosemite Sam uh, is reimagined in this as their neighbor. He's, like, a shut-in. Yeah. Uh, he's off the grid, and he's self-sufficient, except <laughs> there's a thunderstorm, so his... Uh, solar panels don't work so he has to mooch off of bugs and daffy and when it's that and bugs and daffy are trying to basically trick him to get him out of the house it feels like it's a good like homage to classic looney tunes but in a more modern setting and i feel like that works actually decently well there's another episode where for the first episode with lola where she's like a crazy crazy uh, stalker girlfriend and yeah. bugs wants to let her break up with her and let her down but uh through like shenanigans and through her misunderstanding they they ultimately end up like he acts uh she thinks he's proposing and like he just gets further in but he's trying to trick her out of it like with costumes and all this other stuff and i feel like again great modern take on looney tunes but then you get an episode where it's like daffy goes to a self-help seminar and he thinks that uh he th when, when the self-help person says spread your wings and fly daffy thinks literally he must become a flight attendant uh and then so he goes on and it's just kind of going on and on and on about that and it, it's just like I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I I'm still watching it, and I'm probably still gonna watch it. I'm probably gonna make it all the way through. So it, I am interested in it, and I do like certain episodes and certain aspects. But I just, I feel like Daffy as a character is just really played out. Like I don't know. I, I, I just, I kind of roll my eyes at that, and I feel like that's unfortunate. And and uh, season one especially doesn't have that much of bugs in it, which is weird. Like, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. And then the other thing I was watching. Also Looney Tunes related, which is the new Looney Tunes. So last week we asked the question of, like, what what if what is the latest Looney Tunes project? What's going on? What is leading up to this Space Jam two? And it turns out that it it is indeed uh, Wabbit slash New Looney Tunes. I, it's sometimes called one, sometimes called the other. I don't know why, but basically it is a like one hundred percent return to form of just uh, these shorts where it's just Looney Tunes, but like, you know, in a modern day setting. Uh, Bugs is much more of a smart aleck. He's not really a straight man anymore. <coughs> Excuse me. Daffy is no longer like egocentric, uh, you know, me, me, me. He is now just the complete loon that he was in his first few appearances, which is hmm. really cool. Porky Pig is, uh, he actually looks like his like original incarnation. Doesn't look like the big headed Porky that we're used to. So like, it's a very, very, uh, like, they're very much trying to go back to the old Looney Tunes with it. And I was surprised that I actually really liked this show. Like, ordinarily, like, oh, God, I couldn't stand Tom and Jerry tales. Like, if you try to recreate the classics, oftentimes it just, like, it falls completely on its head. But, no, I was actually chuckling at the gags in these. It's, uh, you know, it's like your old, but, it, like, there was one where it was called uh, Elmer's Fudge, where Elmer was running a fudge and ice cream van and he wanted he basically trapped bugs as his mascot and so bugs was just tricking all the customers into leaving and and tricking uh elmer into all sorts of shenanigans like i don't know if you want a modern take on looney tunes that is not bad i say check out new looney tunes or uh or wabbit as it's known <laughs> hmm. 
there's one thing there's one thing uh for some reason especially in the earlier episodes there's this uh squirrel named squeaks i don't know if it's original to this show or if he is some sort of classic uh mary melody's character but uh his his shorts tend to not be the best because they often put bugs as the like antagonist which is not always the most entertaining thing i don't know squeaks is he can't talk he's just a squirrel he squeaks but uh, but yeah no I, I was pleasantly surprised with that uh obviously also i watched spongebob but <clears throat> you already know about that so chugga <laughs> did you watch anything interesting this week uh, I watched Spongebob season 11, but I doubt you want me sullying your opinion of that before you watch it yourself. <laughs> Who's, who says I haven't watched it? Hmm. <laughs> well, in that case, let's get your opinion. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. no. Um, uh, I've, I haven't watched a lot just because I've had a lot going on, though, but I've actually been watching or rewatching the uh, Saturday morning Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. Oh. Like Sonic you... X? No, Sonic, Sonic a- Set, Set, Set AM. Oh. <laughs> Have you never wow, heard you... of that, Monsters? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. All right, well, let's you... talk about it. talking about Sonic X because that used to be Saturday mornings on 4Kids. No, <laughs> I'm I'm talking about... Uh, do you know anything about Sonic at AM? No. Okay. I saw a review, I think. Is that from... the one that came before the Sonic movie? Like the one from 1999? Uh, Yeah, it was before that. It came out in the early 90s. It... It's not Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. It was on at the same time as it even like yeah, there were two shows about Sonic on the same channel at the same time. It's weird. Yeah, it's called Sonic Set AM Monsters because it aired Saturday mornings. Like that's literally it because that's it's funny. called Sonic and people were confusing it with Sonic. Yeah. Not surprisingly. <laughs> anyway, right. yeah, the the two shows are called Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and then Sonic the Hedgehog. But um wow. no, S- Sonic Set AM is amazing. Like it is fantastic especially for its time it's very continuity driven um very character driven as well and it's one of those shows that just should not have been canceled as early as it was and uh, it's such a bittersweet feeling going back and rewatching it though because you always just kind of think about what it could have been if it was allowed to go on but Uh, does it have a true ending no oh that sucks (laughs) you okay do you want to know the definition of heartbreak in, yes. in an, oh, oh, okay. All right. We're doing it. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> All right. So Sonic, this Sonic cartoon, it ends on, it is, you know, like I said, very plot driven, very continuity based. The second season and final season ends on a huge cliffhanger because they were expecting to get a third season and they only didn't because the head of children's programming at ABC retired and the new guy who came in is like, no, we're going to throw away all of the old administration stuff and do things my way. Oh, that was wow. the on- that was pretty much the only reason it got canceled. <laughs> and the head writer wanted to come back to the show so many times and just due to bad luck, bad timing, bad circumstances, what have you, he couldn't get a conclusion to the series greenlit. He ended up in his spare time working on the third season himself so that if he ever got the call, he would be able to go back to it, you know, wow. already have that in his back pocket. He died before this happened. Dude. Yeah, it's it is such a tragic history of such a good show. I know that like it seems like a commercial for a video game, like a glorified commercial for a video game wouldn't be good in its own merits, but it really is. Huh. I mean, probably better than the Mario cartoons. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's really weird though because like consistently Sonic has fared better than Mario in the way of TV, which I know that's not saying much, but this is the one instance where it definitely is. Do you think 
Uh, is it is it kind of like if Avatar had ender, ended on season two? Oh. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, I mean, it's like, the Avatar's dead, the end. <laughs> Debatably, I guess. Uh, yeah, right. no. I know the show's been praised by everyone, and I've never seen a negative review of it ever, but yeah, that's... I challenge somebody to do that. <laughs> Release a bad review of Sonic said AM. Is this cartoon the reason why people love Sonic? Because I, I still... I'm still trying to understand why people love Sonic so much. I mean... It, the characters. It could, the characters. Uh, it could be a reason. Um, mm. it, it could be a reason. Um, Sonic was... Uh, well, I like how we're diverting into video game talk, though, but uh, I guess kind of the way that I see Sonic's popularity, because I know a lot of people present day who hadn't played his games before don't really get into it, though, but as somebody who has liked Sonic for a few decades, um, I think it's just that he was presented as the cool alter- alternative to Mario back in the day, and his games ranged from, you know, halfway decent to really good occasionally depending on what you were playing, because, I mean, he had shaky quality even in the Genesis days because there were tons of spinoffs that people don't remember. But the fact that he was seen as a cooler alternative and he had, you know, sometimes really good games, I think that just led to an attachment rate. He was really good marketing is the way that I would put that. And the fact that it was actually backed up with good games at the time, I think that's what contributed to the popularity and why people got so attached to the character. Fair enough. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't hate Sonic or anything, um, but I just, there is, there is like a very strong attachment people have to the characters, like in the way that you don't really see for even similar video games. Like I know people love their like Waluigi jokes and stuff, but I don't see people like fanning out with like the Mario characters in the same way as Sonic characters or uh, lots of other franchises. But to be fair, Sonic's had a lot of more characterization. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his his portrayal is completely different depending on which incarnation you're talking about, too. Mm. Hmm. Fair yeah, I've, I've only played a single Sonic game in my life. I played uh, Sonic... I think it was Sonic Advance 3. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was, for, that was for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. So that's... I, I have Sonic Adventure 2, but I haven't installed it yet. Hmm. But I've heard great things about that. Curious what you'd think of it playing it for the first time now, because I know that it is a little bit divisive now, but yeah. I played Sonic right. Spinball. <laughs> uh, did you beat Sonic Spinball? No, God, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not even with, like, save states. Okay. <laughs> um, quick tangent. Sorry. Um, I, I go to MAGFest every year, a, ga- a gaming convention, and uh, they do this thing. They do challenges where they have... Um, they have save states loaded up for different classic games with challenges in them and completing different challenges is worth certain numbers of points. And by being one of the top scorers of the weekend, you can actually win prizes. Is this like a, some sort of humble brag coming? Um, no, I wish, (laughs) uh, John competes in it every year and he does really well though. But, um, he always tells me about the challenges cause he does it every year and they do things like beat, 8-1 8-1 of Super Mario Brothers 3 without a power-up. You know, you can't even get hit. You know, no powering up, nothing. Uh, they'll have... Um, they'll have... Uh, I don't know, beat this boss in Sonic 3 and Knuckles as Knuckles with no rings. They'll, they'll, they'll do challenges that are really tough. One year they had a Sonic Spinball Challenge, and I'm not joking, it was Beat Robotnik. Huh. I, I can't even imagine what a boss fight's like in that game. <laughs> 
No, just the fact that beating the boss was the only thing that they had for that challenge. And it was worth a lot of points, too. Like, that, you know your game is too hard when. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so next time we have you on the podcast, we're going to do uh, Sonic Sad AM and, and Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Uh, Sonic Sad AM <laughs> versus Sonic Boom. <laughs> Sonic Boom with Justin Bieber. Oh, gosh. Uh, have you well, guys seen that clip? I, I've seen the episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Sonic Boom, from what I hear, isn't too bad. It's it's a good the, comedy the, the show, show, I'd the say. Show, the show. Yeah, the yeah, television the show. show. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I feel bad for Sonic Boom because I think the show is, you know, all right. It ranges from all right mm. to pretty good. The comics were great. Um, You know, I, I see kids liking the toys from it, though. But the Wii U game. Oh, also the 3DS game is pretty good. Yeah. The Wii U game is like the single worst thing in that franchise, and yet the entire franchise is associated with that one aspect of it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Isn't the... Wait, I was just looking on the episode list for Sad AM. Isn't the first episode called Sonic Boom? <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't... I think it is. <laughs> Which is, I mean, just retroactively, man, that's... Yeah, that's unfortunate for everyone. Ouch. Um, ouch. <laughs> I guess... Um, yeah, but all this to say, I've been watching Sad AM. Uh, if you want to count video games of things that I've been watching... Uh, I guess Torn of the Golden Country kind of counts as watching a show. I've never heard of that. Yeah, what is that? That's the Xenoblade <laughs> 2 expansion. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Right. Yeah. yeah, I have some friends to play that. Yeah, I finished that, 100%ed it, and yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to work my way through Xenoblade 1 on the 3DS. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. You should. It's very good. I'm working on it, and then eventually I'll hunt down uh, X for the Wii U. Uh, all right. <laughs> I do not recommend X as much. No, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that some people think it's kind of uh, like. I think all I need to tell you is that the regular battle theme is a rap song, and you'll know how a lot of people feel about it. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, is, no, I, uh, I like X. I like X. It's just. It okay. is. It is divisive to say the least. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, we, we've been dawdling because honestly, we don't have any news for you this week. There really wasn't much of anything. Uh, there was something about like news on the Transformers spinoff with Bumblebee, but none of us are Transformers fans. Uh, and right, well, you um, might be Chugga. Nah, not not really. I'm <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm okay with good news. I don't want to. I don't want to now hate another animator that I previously liked because they were in the news. So. Shush, 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 shush. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there there really wasn't. And then watch at, like the day after we record this, there's gonna be some like huge news about something, and people are like, why didn't you talk about it this week? Like yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we didn't really have much to talk about with news this week. So uh, instead, we're gonna we have some questions here. I asked for SpongeBob specific questions, and also Chugga, if you wanted to talk about my SpongeBob season ten video, we can do that. I don't want to sound like too egocentric or anything, but I mean, Pie Guy Rules releasing a new main installment in his series is major animation news, right? He's he's not paying me to say this. Absolutely, of course. I I caught some people off guard with this video. I I think I like I teased it on Twitter for a while, and I I mentioned it in the recast. Uh, but of course, not everyone watches this. But yeah, some people were caught off guard, which was right. cool. <laughs> everyone should watch the recast. If you're watching yeah. this right now, turn it off and watch the wait. No, uh, <laughs> no, just just yeah. keep going. You keep going. Yeah. You're already there. Yep. yep. <laughs> All uh, right. So SpongeBob season ten. Yeah. What do you think about SpongeBob season ten, Jugga? Um. I gotta say, 
I would have rated it more highly than you did, but I <laughs> have Ooh. a point to bring up in relation to that. Yeah. Um, as somebody who watched your whole season 10 video, there's episodes that you scumbobbed that I would have med. There's episodes oh. that you med that I would have gooded. Not a lot, but there were a few. And I'm wondering if the reason why I feel that way is because I haven't seen every episode of the show. I've watched most of SpongeBob, but I have viewing gaps in season six and seven because they're season six and seven. So so I'm glad you mentioned this because I have something to bring up. Also, uh, we talked about this exact point when I had you on to talk about uh, some episodes last time. Yeah, it was things that we disagreed on. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Patrick Man was the big one. Because a lot of people in the comments were like, "Wow, you didn't like Patrick Man." Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's because you have a gap there. Because none of the episodes. I'm trying to think. I don't think there were ri- the ones that were ripoffs weren't ripoffs of six or seven. I don't think for the most part. Um, I mean, I, I guess because Plank. Uh, I mean, uh, Plankton gets the boot is kind of. Uh, what's it called? I'm re- I'm bad with episode titles, man. It's, for, it, for the record, I didn't like Plankton Gets the Boot either. Okay. Well, um, SpongeBob's Place is Patty Hype mixed with a few other things. Yeah. Uh, um, housewarming is uh, uh, Jellyfish Jam mixed with yeah. Sanctuary, which was season eight. Um, and then, like, really, the only two that I gave Scumbobs that weren't what I would consider, like, rehashes or ripoffs were Worldly Brains and Lost and Found. And... I know people are going to disagree with me on Lost and Found. I, I just, I, I don't know. I felt strongly about the things that I focused on and just turned out to be the way it is. And Whirly Brains, yeah, I, I, I'm, I cannot defend that episode. I'm sorry. Lost, Lost and Found, I was pretty neutral on, though. But, mm. um, but uh, Plankton Retires was actually uh, an episode that I found enjoyable. And I was surprised that, like, you scumbobbed it, though, because... I, I when it's I was new watching Leaf, they li- but that's the most like literally reusing an exact plot line. That's I'm wondering if it's because I haven't seen New Leaf in a few years, but like I going into it, I knew that obviously Plankton was not going to really retire. I knew that from the beginning. Yeah, well, yeah. I know I know exactly <laughs> what kind of show SpongeBob is, so it's, it wasn't even that. Right. What what I liked about it was I I like the direction they went with it and the fact that I think they played off of us knowing that Plankton wasn't going to retire pretty well because I knew that there was going to be a twist. I knew it was coming, but when the twist came, it was so over the top and ridiculous and just went more layers beyond what I thought to the point where the robots are playing bingo at the end together because they're like, <laughs> you know, I don't hate you. Yeah, you don't but hate it's, me. it's like there's so much padding at the end. And uh, so, okay, so I don't think it's necessarily because you haven't seen all the episodes, but I do think that. And this was this was like the big challenge with the season 10 video is that the way I view SpongeBob and the way I've had to view SpongeBob in making these videos gives me a relatively unique perspective that most people don't have. I would not consider myself a fan of the show. Like I know that's Oh. That's like a controversial statement. I'd consider myself a fan of the early seasons of the show, but I don't see myself as a fan. I see myself as like an anthropologist or something like, you know, like a <laughs> Like a sponge, a wombologist, I guess you'd say. I see myself as yeah. someone who looks at the show uh, critically, and I I don't really watch the show in my leisure. Uh, sometimes I'll pop on an earlier season episode, but any other time when I watch the show, I'll watch it for a video specifically. But because I've had to do that, I, I realize that that gives me a bit of a different perspective than most people, because most people might not, like, you might not even remember New Leaf. You know what I mean? And if you don't remember New Leaf, then... I, obviously like you know it's it's a 
I still have problems with the concept of trying to fool the audience into thinking that Plankton is going to retire in a show like SpongeBob. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel like, yeah, you definitely like it a lot more. Uh, same thing with, um, I mean, we'll, we are going to get into this with The Getaway uh, because this was a more interesting episode. That uh, The reason I picked The Getaway for this episode is because I feel like The Getaway is one where it's it straddles that line on being rehashed on being similar to other things, but also bringing something new to the table. Like, I think that that's kind of one of the interesting ones, but uh, Plankton retires, housewarming. Those were just like directly, I, I, I got nothing. I'm I, like, I, I just, I can't, I can't excuse that. If you're going to repeat the same stories, why continue on? You know, I won't defend housewarming at all. I thought that episode was really boring and wasn't into it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I won't, I won't deny that that episode just is jellyfish jam and, yeah, like it's not even a very good story in the first place. That that's mm-hmm. not one that I would defend. Uh, SpongeBob's place I felt was just very okay where I'm like glad I checked it out once but wouldn't really watch it again. I, I just didn't... I'm I'm so sick of episodes where SpongeBob leaves the Krusty Krab for whatever reason and then it just goes to smoke. Like I'm just so sick of it. It's ah <sighs> I, I but, can but see I that. It. I get yeah. it. It's, it's not like it's not an unpleasant episode. And again, it's like depending on how you rate things and how you see things, uh, it's obviously gonna be very different. And uh, so, like my my dilemma with this season was, well, do I try to try to pretend like I'm just a fan of the show, watching it, and like I'm not gonna hold it against it too much if it repeats itself or does X, Y, or Z thing. Or am I just going to be honest and just here's my perspective? Even if it's a perspective that no one else in the world has, this is how I view these episodes and this is how I'm going to present it. And and ultimately it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to I'm not going to give it like a handicap or something. I'm not going to say like, well, it's funny because it's it's, you know, it's funnier than most episodes in the season, so therefore it's good. Uh like I genuinely think out of the picture is is funny. Like I don't think it's funny in compared to the other uh episodes. I think it's genuinely funny. Hmm. What did you think of that episode? I'm 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 with you. I I thought it was a bit uncomfortable the first yeah. time. I'm like, am I really seeing what's going on here? <laughs> uh, no, nah, I, I I'm with you. I think it it was a pretty funny episode and definitely a unique take. I I I did get the first time that I watched it that Mr. Krabs was not always trying to kill Squidward. He was just trying to make it seem like he was dead, and then it escalated to that level at the very right. end for for a few seconds. And I like, I didn't mention this in the review, but I do like that it's a crab mallet. Like, the kind you <laughs> use to eat crab. That's what Mr. Krabs pulls out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I I, uh, I actually had crab over the summer. Like, I, I've never had regular crab. I've always had crab legs. But with regular mm. crab, one of the things you can do is you just get, it's a wooden mallet that you just bash their brains in with. So. Ooh. <laughs> not, nice not, to know. Not for the faint of heart. Uh, speaking of bashing your brains in, uh, what did you think of Whirly Brains? <laughs> All right, so Whirly Brains is—I'm uh, not gonna name the name of this person, but uh-huh. um, earlier this year, I was reached out to on Twitter by a member of the crew for SpongeBob. They oh. were congrat—they were congratulating me on something, and they sent me like a drawing of SpongeBob. What? Dang. Yeah, I was really surprised, too. They were very nice, like, great person. Um, just kind of talked with them a little bit, and I mentioned that I liked season 10, and uh, they'd actually worked on it. They actually apologized to me for the disturbing imagery in Whirly Brains because they helped <laughs> They helped board the episode. 
I didn't mention <laughs> Whirly Brains at all. I just said, yeah, I like season 10. They're like, oh, glad you like it. Um, By the way, sorry for disturbing imagery in Whirly Brains. I, I, I'm partially responsible. And I'm, I'm like, oh. <laughs> my guess my guess is they probably didn't realize like how unsettling it'd be to have SpongeBob and Patrick's brains and eye sockets empty and open for the whole, like the whole like two-thirds of the episode you know because that's one of those things where i feel like in planning it'd be like okay and it'd be funny to have their just like their skulls open up and they don't have eyes anymore but then you don't realize like looking at that for minutes on end it's just like "Mm." and then the diaper thing i just that come on like you're better than that spongebob i getcha i getcha it's yeah i i i get where they're coming from and i can i can definitely see how maybe it wouldn't have looked disturbing in the early stages when they were deciding what things were going to look like but Mm. having it prolonged on screen probably just gave undesired effects i'm not really a huge fan of i'm not really a huge fan of like brain humor and gross out humor that much those are definitely the jokes that land with me the least in spongebob yeah there's good ones there's certainly good ones and there are right ways to do it and i do think anything can technically be funny but I'm with you on Whirly Brains. I, I can't say that I would have rated that episode all that much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have rated Mermaid Pants a little higher, but whatever. We're not going to go through every single episode. Yeah, I'm not no, going to no, be no, like, no, no. I'm not going to be like, here's why you're wrong about A, B, C, D, E, F, N, G. All right. Uh, so let's uh, get into some questions here. So they are they are SpongeBob related questions. So we're still kind of on the same topic. Cool, uh, cool. So I actually got these from Twitter. Uh, we usually get them from our Discord, but to, uh, this week they were kind of light, and I wanted to I wanted to get some SpongeBob questions in because I know some people had them. Um, so from Twitter we have uh, at so help me God. <laughs> Does the show have a good legacy like other classics? How do you think it will be remembered decades from now? I thought so we weren't going to talk about religion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, figuring like. I guess for this hypothetical, assume the show assume it, the show went another ten years, and now we're like thirty years in the future talking about it. Mm-hmm. What do you so, guys think? Now, monsters, I know you don't you don't have anywhere near as extensive SpongeBob knowledge. You've seen the classics, and that's about it, right? Well, I've seen more than the classics. I've seen I think up to season seven. Oh, but but so all all the classics, I, the the best seasons. Yeah, I have seen. Yeah, seasons one through three are the best. Oh, I meant more. Otherwise. I meant more six and seven specifically. Oh. Those are the yeah. best ones. <laughs> it's opposite day, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you can say you've at least seen four and five because it's more than a lot of people can say. And four and five do have some real winners in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But like, yeah, mo- uh, crabs all la mode. I like that episode a lot. Roller cowards is one of my favorites. Yeah. Nah. So monsters. Then what do you think? Do you what do you think about how SpongeBob will be remembered? Um, I think. I think SpongeBob, well, here's the thing. In this hypothetical time period from which we are reflecting upon SpongeBob, <laughs> is SpongeBob still running? No, I said, I said, assume SpongeBob runs another 10 years, which is still ridiculous. Oh, and okay. then, and then we're 10 years in the future. We're doing the, this is recast episode like 600. No, probably yeah. like 2000 at that point. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're well into, well into our, uh, I, I'm, I just hit 40. We're you're, nursing you're getting homes. there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sure we're mermaid man and barnacle boy. how old do you think i am uh, uh anyway keep answer the question <laughs> or, or don't i'll answer the question if no. you're gonna <laughs> so yeah sorry um so i was gonna say like maybe it would have simpsons syndrome i guess if you want to call it that it already kind of does have that but um assuming the show is over with i think it will be remembered despite you know i guess most of the show now if we're taking into consideration later seasons 
leaving a bit of a bad taste in the mouth of people that, you know, will remember the show. I do think it will be remembered um, as one of the most iconic, one of the most popular cartoons of all time, hands down. Okay. And I think SpongeBob will have a good legacy overall, despite, you know, the the rough patches in between. Um, the rough patches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a tricky question because it, of course, it depends, you know, if we were to say SpongeBob ended today, right, and season 11 was the last season, are, are, it would be different than in the future because we got to predict, like, what's going to happen. I mean, who knows? Maybe the show gets fantastic again. Maybe the show completely bombs. Like, there, I think there is a timeline in which the show just eventually does get so desperate for views that we, we end up back in, like, the shock horror levels of the splinter. Um, some right. might be, some might even say we've reached that with Ink Lemonade, which I haven't seen, but based <laughs> based upon what I hear on Twitter, it's a trip. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I just kind of assuming, I guess we're going along this trajectory. Let's say the rest of the seasons are meh. Let's say we're, or at least I think they are. I would say that probably SpongeBob is remembered as a great show, and most people don't know that the, it went past season three or four. That would be because I, I say that because. There are people that are like that now. I mean, because SpongeBob's a kid's show, and a lot of people grow up. Like, if you were to ask the average person, like, they probably wouldn't know that SpongeBob's still running unless they had kids of their own. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know people that are like, you know, hey, is that show still on? Or like, oh man, I, I, you know, SpongeBob's still on. Like, they don't necessarily know, um, or if they, if it is going on, they don't know anything about it. So I do think that those those early seasons will always, always, always be remembered as like just top tier cartoon, top tier television. The rest of it, I, I'm sure it will have, you know, depending on when you grew up, I'm sure they'll have fans and supporters and love and uh, depending on how SpongeBob goes as it goes on. But I do think that it'll probably end up a syndrome of, well, it ran for three great seasons and then there was some other stuff. <laughs> what about you, Chugga? <laughs> Um, I, I, I can agree with, uh, some people not even knowing it went past season three present day where they just remember it as a great show. But I think with the kids today, with how it did get a little better over time, Mm. it has been getting more consistently good. I think it'll be one of those shows that it's always been on the air. It's been a part of everyone's childhood for the last decade, couple decades. Mm -hmm. And it's just always been so popular that I think kids of today will remember it fondly as a show and maybe not even know that it went beyond that point either. Right. Um, I mean, that's also true. I'm sure like, I'm sure like how the movie was more or less a serious finale for us as kids. Sponge out of water was a serious finale for, you know, kids and teenagers of today as well. Very Um, possible. That's a good way to think of it. And also, I mean, I don't want like not to be too cynical, but Rugrats, I mean, Spongebob has very much eclipsed where Rugrats was, like, hugely, uh, not only in episode number, but just in popularity, but there was a time when Rugrats was huge, and now, yes, they're, like, reviving it, but for a long time, you know, if you were to ask an average person, it's like, oh, yeah, that, that show, I remember that show, but they wouldn't be like, oh, man, that was a fantastic show, or such an iconic show, or whatever, um, there is a possibility that, like, something like The Loud House really comes and overshadows SpongeBob, and then SpongeBob is remembered, but it's not its not the legacy that we think it might have. There's always mm-hmm. a possibility. Like, uh, I find it tough to believe that there's going to be a show that eclipses SpongeBob. Like, SpongeBob, in its peak popularity, like, anybody can... SpongeBob is, I think, almost as popular as Mickey Mouse. Have you ever heard of a show called Teen Titans Go? 
<laughs> oh, it beats SpongeBob I in the ratings. Forgot. I completely forgot. Uh, no, but like, I guarantee you, most people around the world will look at a picture of SpongeBob and be like, "Oh, I recognize who that is." Right, but we're talking about if we're talking about after the show has ended. I mean, like right now, of course, it's. I, I mean, I, it's it's tough to say, and there you could hypothetical it any way you want. I think SpongeBob has the advantage that it is such it, it is so quotable as a piece of media. That's where true. You you say one line from SpongeBob, and any random person on the street can finish the like the conversation between the two characters. Yeah. I also, I mean, you also bring up a good point, just in that SpongeBob is, for better or worse, very intertwined with meme culture, and so really very much. Oh God, could you imagine a time where kids know know of SpongeBob, but literally only from memes? <laughs> yeah it's like uh who's that big pink guy that's hiding in a cave yeah <laughs> just i'm i'm i don't know just like future memes where it's just like random clips from random pics from spongebob and it's just like yeah oh man i love i love yellow square guy you know what's gonna be wild is lost media in the future where we know it exists because it's a meme but that picture is all we have of that episode oh that's I don't know. People are really diligent about backing up things now, but maybe, maybe like in twenty thirty five, when like the YouTube offices melt down or something, we'll be in Ugh. lost media territory forever. Sorry, Chuck. I don't mean to. <laughs> no. There's gonna be an apocalypse, and the only thing we have left to remember SpongeBob by is a picture of Culpy G. <laughs> there'll be a there'll be a meme that's a screen cap of out of Jimmy's head, but an episode that no one can find. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean. If if Little Yellow Book can go meme worthy, why can't something like that? Dude, yeah. any, anything can. I I saw if I was if I was more in tune with with today's youth, uh, there was a clip from. I was also watching some classic Looney Tunes as well. Um, there's a clip where Bugs Bunny goes up to the witch who's cooking Hansel and Gretel and is like, "It's not nice to roast kids or something." And like, I wanted to like <laughs> save that and then use it the next time I see like I don't know like. Leafy's not still. I don't think Leafy's still a thing, but like some big YouTuber no. like making fun of a kid or something. I wanted to mm-hmm. save that, but I, I'm not. I'm not meme savvy enough to make that a format. Yeah. Anyway, we have other questions. <laughs> um, uh, so from uh, at Irregular Oreos, do you think the show should continue the more expressive quote unquote animation of season ten onwards, or do you prefer the more consistently on model animation from seasons one through eight and nine to an extent? Uh, Chugga, you know what this is referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, um, so monsters, if you don't know, or anyone in the audience in season ten, uh, especially in Worldly Brains, and also, uh, also the Getaway, actually, the Getaway is yeah, a good I, example. I was gonna make note of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the show is definitely more rubbery than it's ever been in terms of like flexibility like just from face to face like not even like in in all of spongebob you know through gags they they make the characters flexible but even in this it's just the character will just be saying something and it'll just be an exaggerated face or it'll just be like like it'll be a close-up on mrs puff's face like they they definitely go more comedic with just everything and there are pros and cons to this like i i do think that maybe in like it makes things more visually interesting, but I do kind of wonder if having every single like face be exaggerated and weird kind of takes away from like, you know, the the specialty of that humor. You know? Like if every face is special and wacky and weird, then none of them are to an extent. Right. I don't know. 
no, I see that. Yeah, like that the prisoner not not to get into the discussion already for the episode, obviously, but like the the prisoner in the getaway episode was making tons of crazy faces, just face after face after face, and they were so exaggerated. What do you think, Chugga? Um, my my answer is kind of a bit in the middle, where I think it's fine in moderation, but if overdone, I can find it bringing down an episode that I would otherwise enjoy if everything is really zany all the time. I, I remember that you had a similar argument for, um where they would use wacky background music in otherwise mundane situations to try to make the episode watch funnier, yet it ended up just kind of drawing attention to the fact that this thing really isn't that funny. Oh, yeah. Welcome to season seven. (laughs) It's it's similar to how I would feel about that, where if every face is constantly wacky, it does kind of take away from each one of them, if just all (laughs) of them are that way. So it's one of those things that I don't mind them doing it, but I think it's better in moderation. Yeah, I don't I don't think personally I don't think season 10 went too overboard with it. Like I think like like the getaway and um Whirly brains. brains are examples of like really extreme in that way. But then the rest of the season definitely is more so than other seasons, but I wouldn't say it's like every face is exaggerated or crazy. Like I think I think season 10 is a decent balance between that, but if season 11 kind of pushes it forward and only you know here Chugga, uh I would say it's probably too overboard. Mhm. Um, Monsters, did you have more to say? Sorry, it just sounded like you got cut off a little bit. No, no, not really, because, I mean, I'm not too familiar with the, the later seasons of SpongeBob oh, as gotcha, in, like, gotcha. eight onwards, so. I'm just trying I... to cover for that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking maybe you had an opinion on, like, that and a concept in animation in general, even without knowing SpongeBob. No, yeah, I mean, it. I, I think especially nowadays, I, I do like that it, 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 it makes it stand out. Because most things are on model. So the fact that they go out of their way to make these crazy faces, I do appreciate. It is more effort, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't think about that, that like a lot of animation today is flash or similar, where you don't exactly have the ability or, I don't know, within budget or whatever to do that, that sort of zany faces that you would see on SpongeBob in every other show. Right. And you used to see that stuff a lot, especially in like Run and Stimpy. And that's one of my favorite aspects of that show. Hmm. All right. So uh, our last question is how uh, from TV Survivor at Survivor 604. How different would you think Nickelodeon would be if SpongeBob ended after the first movie like was originally planned? That's a great question. (laughs) Good one. You want to go first, Monsters? No. (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i think you're the most qualified to go first because that's how you know the show all right um (laughs) but okay fine uh i'll go then i'll go um i mean i've i've made a lot of videos about this and i'm a pretty strong believer that the reason why nickelodeon got into its really terrible rut is because of spongebob like not not because not because of SpongeBob itself, just the existence of SpongeBob. And now we know for a fact that that long-standing theory of if it's not as popular as SpongeBob or it's not hugely popular, the show gets canned right away. Like that's just true. That's how Saima uh, ran Nickelodeon, and that's why we ended up with like Fanboy and Chum Chum and the Mighty Bee and Sanjay and Craig and just all these shows that like some of them were good, but like just died immediately. Some of them were terrible and still also died immediately. Um, but we ended up with a lot of that. And if SpongeBob wasn't around to to for Nickelodeon to say, well, we got our money makers, so we can we can axe anything that isn't a huge success and still be financially fine. If they didn't have SpongeBob as that backbone, 
they would have to scramble a lot more. And sure, maybe there, there probably would have been a pretty dark age for Nickelodeon, but they would have also come through it a lot stronger than they necessarily did. It took a long, long time before The Loud House came along and is another show that's as, uh, not as popular as SpongeBob, but as, but insanely popular and as beloved as SpongeBob is to a lot of people. So think about it this way. As, what was it, 2004 when the SpongeBob movie premiered? Yes. So by that point, uh, they they just introduced Danny Phantom and they had Avatar in the works. I feel like if SpongeBob ended at that very point, I feel like they would have tried to search for another SpongeBob, like in terms of what they have now. Because SpongeBob is is that backbone, like you were saying. It's it's the thing that's brought them financial stability. Um, and it's also brought a lot of very negative effects to the network. But I felt like they would have kept scrambling to, to find something like it again, but not quite. So you're saying if SpongeBob wasn't around to give Nickelodeon the financial security, they might not have experimented with a show like Avatar. I mean, it was already in the works, but maybe they wouldn't have been as lenient creatively with it. Avatar canceled in season two. Ain't died. <laughs> I mean, look at what they're doing now. <laughs> but. Chugga? I can see that the Nickelodeon probably wouldn't have been, uh, probably would have been more experimental without SpongeBob. But at the same time, I do kind of feel like with how Nickelodeon was structured, something else would have naturally filled the void where That's they would possible. have they would have just pushed something else as much as they pushed SpongeBob to try to force something like that. And at the time they had plenty of shows that were huge successes that very well could have. I mean, when fairly odd parents premiered, it was absolutely huge. It was Mm -hmm. definitely the number two to SpongeBob for many years. And they kept that on the air for a long time. And, you know, say what you will, say what you will about later Fairly Odd Parents and how it was on the air years after they stopped marketing it. It might not have really been that way if they weren't, you know, busy marketing SpongeBob. Hmm. That's true. But I guess that also means, like, in a more interesting note, um, people's, like, love of SpongeBob would have been theoretically transferred onto something else. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe another really good show could have been that, you know? Like, like maybe Danny Phantom would have been that way, or maybe, I don't know. D- Danny Phantom and Avatar duke it out for title of best Nicktoon for a lot of people. That's true. So it's not entirely impossible to say that one of those shows could have very well have that SpongeBob's audience could have transitioned into something else. I don't think it would have been a perfect transition because they are very different shows. But now that I think of it, I feel like and I I feel like this this would absolutely have happened. Coconut Coconut Fred's Fruit Side Island would have taken over. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been absolutely a train wreck. No, but I I feel like if SpongeBob ended at that very point. There would have been some form of SpongeBob reboot revival spinoff. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, wasn't uh-huh. there actually a, like a like a SpongeBob spinoff in the works for like Patrick or something? Oh, I don't. That know. was that, that was rumored, uh, maybe, but like there was never substantial. They, there would have been a follow up, hands down. Sandy's Adventures in Texas. I'm telling it, you, it would it would have had a planet sheen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, it would have been like Sandy's Moon or something. Sandy, yeah. Sandy's the Moon. <laughs> Sandy, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sandy moon and her Sandy. friends from Texas went off to hang out on the moon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they would have introduced a character that looks like SpongeBob, but it's not SpongeBob. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's Bob Sponge. <laughs> the Moon Man. Bob Sponge the Moon Man. Yeah, ex- and uh, he's made out of moon cheese. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
Well, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what would have happened. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to pitch this to Nickelodeon soon. All right, awesome. Uh, we'll have our Indiegogo in the works for next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, so next week we have two Teenage Ninja Turtle episodes, Attack of the Mousers and Mousers Attack. So check those out. One from the 2003 series and one is from the 2012 series. I don't know which yeah. one is which monsters you'd have to it's tell them. Attack of the Mousers is the one from uh, 2003, and then Mousers Attack is from 2012. So, yeah, wa- watch those and uh, uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, we don't do uh, we do not do action shows too much on the recast, so that'll be interesting. Right. And then the week after, for the 10th recast, all right, we got Drum something roll, special. Please. Yep. <laughs> so, we are going to be doing... The Powerpuff Girls, the PPG versus the TTG. It's a Teen Titans Go episode. So it's the crossover between those two reboots. Okay, that's pretty special in and of itself. And for that, we are we are going to have Shadow on as a guest. But also, we are going to be comparing it to the most recent Cartoon Network crossover, which hasn't even aired yet. Okay, mm-hmm. KO's Cartoon Nexus, which features Ben 10. So we're also going to have Kuro the artist. So we're going to have Shadow. We're going to have Kuro. We're going to have Monsters. We're going to have me. Chugga, you're not invited. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a crossover talking about crossovers. Yep. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, you can't watch that yet. But when that episode airs on October 8th, definitely watch it and catch up on the PPG versus TTG. That's a very, uh, very controversial, very contentious crossover. And also, I don't know. I don't know what Cartoon Network's Nexus is going to be like, but it should be very interesting. So, um, we'll probably end up having a supersized episode for that too. So, right. So like seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, uh, but yeah, Chuck, I'm sorry. You didn't laugh. So I, I might've hurt your feelings. No, I whimpered. I was like, mm, when you said it, <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you have more important things to do anyway. <laughs> Not that the recast isn't super important. Yeah. So now onto the main event. SpongeBob meets the Strangler versus the Getaway. So where do you start? <laughs> we start with with meeting the Strangler. So okay. SpongeBob meets the the Strangler is an episode where SpongeBob is on litter patrol and catches a guy littering, gets calls the cops on him, and it turns out he's the Tattletail Strangler who will strangle the heck out of anyone that tattletails on him. Uh, the Tattletail Strangler shows up. Uh, and tries to strangle SpongeBob, but he can't do it in public, so he has to disguise himself as SpongeBob's bodyguard to try to do it in private. But SpongeBob never gives him a chance, uh, accidentally outwitting him at every turn. This is a classic episode, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what I've always said about SpongeBob meets the Strangler is that the Strangler is a character that does not fit within SpongeBob. Like the the you know the, in terms of antagonists in those early seasons, like we had the bully who. Like was kind. Of, he was more serious, but he was still cartoonish um, and goofy. We had uh, Kevin, who also was like pretty goofy. This guy, I mean, he's definitely goofy, but he's his name is the Strangler. Strangling someone's like one of the worst ways to to murder. Uh, yeah. You know, check out my top five coming next week. Top five ways to murder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, that's that's one of the things I love right off the bat is just how intense the Strangler is and how just like how did they get away with this. Uh, it's probably just a product of the time that SpongeBob could get away with anything. I mean, this is the same season yeah. that had the panty raid in it. <laughs> Very true. Uh, so, what did you guys think of this? 
funny enough, I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, some some of the visual direction, I was like, hey, this looks just like season four. So I looked up the episode and it's season three, episode 20A. Yeah. And I was like, oh, go figure. Very it's... late in production. Very yeah. end. I don't know if it was the last one produced, though, but it was the last aired. Uh, it is. It, it along with its sister episode, uh, Pranks a Lot, is the last in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, although <sighs> maybe the sponge who could fly, I should I should really know this. Um, <laughs> no, the sponge who could fly did air last, but it was I think produced sooner. Right, that's the lost episode, right? Yeah, which is what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> it means that Patchy lost it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, th- these are the last two episodes in production order, and oh. um, they aired in October of twenty. 20- uh, 2004 so timely if only someone had like done an order of airing on these episodes in some sort of video form then i then i'd know if it was the last one aired but anyway <laughs> um <laughs> uh but yeah what i mean what do you guys think of this episode i think it's i think it is a classic episode um season three is a little shakier in terms of quality than two though but this one absolutely deserves its classic status it's hilarious i i personally like to think that spongebob actually does know that it's the strangler and he's just playing a little game with him because it's it is a little funny to think of it that way i know that he's surprised at the end but so many things he does are really great i mean i like to think that he had this complicated scheme of sending out the party invitations just to (laughs) annoy this guy later yep Um, i mean actually what plays into that theory that that's a that's a, a good point because um, the Strangler actually confesses to SpongeBob twice that he is the Strangler. Yes. So the mm-hmm. first time it's like when he's in the house, and then once he basically tries to do whatever he can to get away from SpongeBob, SpongeBob still refers to him as the bodyguard. He doesn't refer to him uh, as the Strangler until he's in the jail cell. That and also, is true. Once the mustache is gone, there's literally no, there's not even an excuse. Um, no, right. there's not. There's there's not many episodes of SpongeBob that have this like alternate theory to them. So that that's one of the cool aspects. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but uh, it's definitely something interesting to think about. It is. I I've, I like to think about the episode that way, and you are right. There's no shadow of a doubt. Even beyond the mustache, when he removes it, he's like, he's not the Strangler! <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, Strangler himself is great. I know that he's an actual murderer, but it doesn't change <laughs> the fact that he's so over the top and played for laughs, almost to the levels of Man Ray. He's just, he's great. I I love that one part of the episode where um, where I think he says, yeah, we'll go back to your house so I can strangle you. I, I mean, choke you. I mean, crush your windpipe. I mean, protect me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. such a good moment. That's one of those things that I rewind and watch again and again. Another great thing is <laughs> how casual the cops are about letting him get away. Like, so the cops are, they put all these handcuffs on him. And then they're like, oh, don't worry, we've got him locked up for good. And then as soon as the cops look over and just see a pile of handcuffs and the strangler's not there, they're like, eh, we'll get him next time. Like, <laughs> like there's not a surprise, like, oh, no, we got away. <laughs> they're just like, oh, all right, we'll get him. They and also then... <laughs> get in single file line and take turns putting handcuffs on the strangler. Yes. yes. On like his eyes. Eyeballs. Yes. Yep. And his hair. <laughs> Every time there's ever useless cops in the show, it's always those same two fish. They were the same fish that were in... Um, uh, that were in- yeah, Nasty Patty, and uh, like a few other episodes too. Whenever there's useless cops in the show, it's always those exact two fish. They always use those models. Even though there's other police fish in the show, it's always those two that are useless. 
And also, uh, littering is like the main crime in Bikini Bottom across the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, that that's like one of the kind of subtle like, environmental message. <laughs> well, it's one of the more uh, SpongeBob's been less subtle than that at times. But uh, uh, so this guy is the Tattletale Strangler, right? He's been known to strangle, or uh, he he apparently like he's some sort of murderer, right? Like he's a strangler. You don't get the name Strangler just because you say you're going to strangle someone. But like he gets arrested for littering, <laughs> like like he, you know this is a guy that's and he's presumed not in jail even though he killed people. Right, right. He's presumed to have killed people, and SpongeBob catches him on littering. Squidward says like he strangles anyone who tattletales on him. So yep. this is a regular occurrence, and he's just free. And another great another great thing is is like a subtle thing in the episode is that his name is Tattletale Strangler, like on his yeah, yeah on his ID, ID. card. <laughs> yeah. first name tattletale last name strangler and his id card oh, goodness uh there's another great joke with the, uh, he's gonna strangle me with his hands i hope they're not dirty and then he pulls up these disgusting like that's a great gross-up close-up it's not overly disgusting but mm-hmm. it's like it's such a great gag his face is good too uh yeah. what what else is good about well the hey listen there was the best joke in this episode, and one of the best jokes in all of SpongeBob, one of the best exchanges. I yes. will stand by. Do you guys know where I'm going with this? Six hours later, <laughs> the cleats. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh my that god! Is I, the... I... <laughs> <laughs> I love how mortified SpongeBob's at. He's like, I'm trying, but my cleats are stuck in your corneas, <laughs> and then just. The six hours later is the best time card in all of SpongeBob. And that's that's those are strong words. I, I I wrote down or I copied from the SpongeBob Wiki the exact exchange and the the strangler says, you know, hop on my shoulders and SpongeBob says, Sure, with these spiky cleats, anything is possible. And then the strangler's like, cleats, and then SpongeBob jumps directly into his eye sockets. And then he says, uh, 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 get, get your feet, your out, feet of out of my eye sockets. And SpongeBob replies, I'm trying, but my che- cleats are stuck in your corneas. <laughs> I just like, uh, oh. I don't know why I find this so funny, but uh, so Squidward at the beginning of the episode, he's just. He's just like his grumpy old self. <laughs> then when they do the party subversions, he's all happy and he's he's shown to be dancing in the background like this really weird dance and With he's a wearing like a, like yeah like a pink lampshade on his head. <laughs> Squidward's a party animal. Listen, he just is, you yeah. know, at times, even if it is at SpongeBob's to. house, right? I was gonna say I don't know. Like this episode is it's a great use of cartoon logic and mm-hmm. just uh, such it's... huge leaps. <laughs> It's Looney Tunes is the is the other way I describe it. It's it's very much if if SpongeBob is indeed in the know, I mean this is no different from how Bugs Bunny treats Elmer Fudd or Yosemite Sam. Like Definitely. Um uh, also this I don't know I don't know why this sticks with me years later and I don't know why I find this funny, but SpongeBob's best in town or best around? around. I don't. I don't know why that's funny, but it's funny. I think it's just how, how he's just like in town, around, in town. I guess it's around. the mundaneness, you know. Like you go shopping and you're like, oh well, this one says it's the best, but then this if, one says it's really the best. If um, <laughs> if you wanted to waste somebody's time intentionally being in the know, that's absolutely how you would do it. 
Very true. Yeah. Um, and there, there's so there's such so many good things to say about this episode. Like I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of everything in it. There's so many little moments, and it's it just it's at a breakneck pace. It starts out a little bit slow, but it's easily forgivable for just how good it is. That, that that's that's an interesting point. Is that it does start out in it starts out with SpongeBob clocking in. This is the one with his on time percentage. Yeah, he ends up just sitting there waiting to clock in for the first 30 seconds or so of the episode without anything really happening, and him and Squidward just kind of talk a little bit, and then it gets actually started. And then there's just this Tattletail Strangler hanging out in the park, a lot of the Krusty Krab. <laughs> On a bench that's never there. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I love the, the fact that the attendance thing comes back around, because by the time that the party happens, I completely forgot that that, that happened in the beginning. Yes, it seems like such a... You know, that that's good because it's such a mundane thing that you don't think about it. So it's starting out slow does work to the advantage because you're not expecting it that's, right. to come that's back. Also, that's one of two things that comes back. Patrick throwing himself in jail, which is not the first time he's done that in the series, uh, <laughs> or tried to confess to something he didn't do. But that comes back as well. Is there anything you guys don't like about this episode? Um, If you can believe it, it does share a pretty... Big similarity to Party Pooper Pants in that so much time is spent about so much conflict across a few minutes of runtime comes from SpongeBob not having the key to his house, and then he just has one under the mat, but there's no mat there up until that shot. Yeah, but I'm so much more okay with this one because no, it's, I'm I'm, it's... I'm much more okay with it in this one than in Party Pooper Pants, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But it's a little funny that the rest of the episode is so great that it's a lot more forgivable here than it is there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I. I guess I would agree to some extent that the first, b before the Stranglers introduced, they could have sped things up a little bit, or they could have made it a little more interesting than SpongeBob just kind of waiting around. Um, and also, I mean, this is this is such a minor complaint, but I the joke with uh, with Krabs being afraid of the Strangler, I feel like there could have been a funnier joke in there. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, I mean, that's that's like a you know hypothetically, this could have been better. Like I. <laughs> Larry instantly dying upon being shown the picture. <laughs> Turning into a real lobster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, monsters? Anything you don't like? I agree. Like, it's what, like, the first seven minutes where, uh, before the strangler actually attempts to to strangle SpongeBob. So, yeah, it, it does start off a little bit slow, but I still give it classic status. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So, the getaway. Hmm. <laughs> Does someone want to give the description of this episode? SpongeBob on a driving lesson with Mrs. Puff accidentally mistakes an escaped convict for his replacement boating instructor and becomes <laughs> a really good getaway driver because he's an amazing reckless driver yet simultaneously is a horrible getaway driver because he hurts the dude. <laughs> okay, that's, that's that's fair. That's what I got. So the similarities between these two episodes are that uh, SpongeBob meets a criminal whom disguises himself as uh, an occupation to help SpongeBob, and SpongeBob inadvertently hurts that criminal, ultimately ending in that criminal uh, wanting to be sent back to jail and ending up in jail. Yes. It's, yeah. So, like I mentioned earlier, um, well, I, we, we can talk about the getaway itself before we kind of go into comparisons. What did yeah. you guys think of this episode? I liked it. Um, I, it was, I think, on the higher end of, of season 10 for me, not... Not top five material, but certainly in the upper half. Okay. 
Monsters? Yeah, I have no frame of reference in terms <laughs> of other, you know, later SpongeBob episodes. But no, I, I was thoroughly entertained by it. I thought it was uh, a, a decent episode. I mean, like I said, I'm only comparing it to what I know of SpongeBob, which is pretty much the golden the golden episode. So, I mean, compared to that, I, I don't think it's anything special, but I didn't think it was bad at all. Okay, that's yeah, fair. It was funny. It was interesting seeing what was going to happen. Um, they had a lot of good visual comedy. Yeah, the the facial expressions. One one little thing that I I liked was at the beginning, at the very beginning of the episode, when SpongeBob backs up the boatmobile, the music that they were playing before starts playing in reverse. Yes, <laughs> that's such a little touch, but I love it. It is good. I I like how twice in a row of being on here, we're talking about a gag where the background music gets played backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, what did you guys think about this episode taking place all at night? Sorry, um, at night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, I, I don't really think it affected the, the story that much. Um, one thing I did really like, though, was the relationship between Mrs. Puff and Dorsal Dan, a.k.a. Steve Buscemi. I thought that that was funny. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, first off, what is it with recent SpongeBob and focusing on Mrs. Puff's love life? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Monsters, you don't know this, but this is this is sandwiched between two episodes in season 10 where she is consistently dating Mr. Krabs. Like, well, I remember that one episode. I think it's from season three where, where she dates yeah, Mr. Yeah, but Krabs, this is... but that's the only one I remember. They play with her and Mr. Krabs a lot recently after it didn't get brought up forever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, li- I liked that aspect of the episode. I think it, it adds a subplot. Uh, for a little bit of variation, and it gives Mrs. Puff something to do other than just be like, gotta get that SpongeBob. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just a little weird the timing of that. Yeah. Some uh, some actual like points about the episode that I would say other than you know Mrs. Puff's love life being kind of funny that it's like she's cheating on crabs at nighttime at her job <laughs> um, is that um I like the setting of it being a boating school episode where. It is a boating school episode. It involves prison, but it's not the same old and tired thing, and they do a complete and total spin on it. And I could picture Mrs. Puff actually being into, like, a convict kind of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the innuendo that they use in the episode also, I think, is a real high point of it, where, <laughs> where like, Mrs. Puff is turned on by his driving ability, and they're using, like, parallel <laughs> parking. Foot, his, is, his yeah, foot. You have a tender foot, and he's just like, oh, that's the first time anyone ever called my foot. <laughs> and then she's like, sorry about your gentle foot, and then crushes it. <laughs> mm. um, I thought the ending line was stupid <laughs> to the entire episode. Like, so basically, yeah, so so the, the, the prisoner that SpongeBob was driving ends back up in jail, and uh, it's after this chase where they all end up in the air, and all of these boat mo- police boatmobiles end up back in, in the police station, and all the police fish uh, basically pop out of their vehicles, and they're just like, drive safely and make sure you wear a seatbelt. Yeah, that like, was... Oh, uh, yeah, it's speaking little... of heavy-handed messages. <laughs> it's a little random. Yeah, yeah, it just felt out of place. SpongeBob is, I mean, uh, when it comes to environmentalism messages, they're very much into that. But in general, they're not super huge on giving morals at the end of the episode. So that was definitely uh, just kind of questionable. <laughs> like, what? Why was this there? 
I guess crying solves all your problems after all. <laughs> right, right. It's very anti-moral in a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to mention SpongeBob's target audience totally drive. So, <laughs> well, totally. so okay. So here's the thing. I, I will say when I watched this episode the first time, I was probably on board with you guys. I, I, I did kind of fluctuate over what score to give this episode. Um, but after watching it a few more times, I just, there's something about how like kind of formulaic it is. Like I, I kind of like that it's at night, but I also find the muted colors to be a little more like uninteresting. And then just that it's, they drive through and the, the, the strangler and the thief steals stuff. And then they drive through another thing and the thief steals stuff. And then SpongeBob drives them through a golf course and then a patch of coral. And then it, it just, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's just a little monotonous and unvaried. And even though it's all in a boat mobile and even though it's all in motion, for some reason, it still feels less interesting because it's, it's mostly just that one like outside location through the whole thing. I, I don't, I don't know if I'm entirely phrasing it right, but I just, I feel like I like, I want to think this episode is diverse and interesting, but I just don't. You'd say it's repetitive where you're seeing a lot of the same thing over and over again and in the same setting. Right. I mean, even though it's outdoors, it's still the same setting because the setting is outdoors at yeah. night. I, I think that the high point for that aspect of the episode is the jewelry shop. Yes, that's actually inside for once. Yeah, there's some there's some funny stuff like SpongeBob makes all these wacky faces and the guy reacting to him. He's the guy who sells them the chocolate, the bags and chocolate with nuts. So there's also that. noises. I love it. <laughs> shapes and noises i love yeah it's a it feels almost like a meta joke about recent spongebob but you know um, <laughs> i wrote that down yeah no that's exactly what i was thinking the fact that it's the guy from chocolate with nuts saying it too just makes it even better and um then there's the fact that when they come when they come out and drive away he runs out he's like help i've been robbed and then mrs puff's like i shopped there too before i was robbed <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep and that's that's where I'm also in dilemma because I do think that this is a funny er episode. Like I there were things that I thought were kind of funny. I don't I don't think anything comes close to like the cleats joke or No. Like half the jokes in Meets the Strangler. But I do still think that there is some chuckle worthy stuff. And it's actually funny because a lot of it is, you know, SpongeBob's wacky face on his card. SpongeBob making wacky faces in the shop. Um, you know, it's a lot of that stuff as well. Uh the guy gets hit with coral and makes wacky faces. The the card right. thing was really great. It reminds me a lot of uh of like SpongeBob wearing a mustache in My Pretty Seahorse a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then there's like ah, I feel like this is an episode that like is trying to do something different, desperately trying, and I give it credit for somewhat doing that. But then that midair chase sequence is straight out of doing time. That's exactly like. It's the same sort of thing. Um, and then, like, I guess we'll compare it to the Strangler here. What, like, what did you guys think of the actual criminal guy? Not not the getaway driver himself that Mrs. Puff is interacting with. The actual uh, Sticky Fins is his name. Uh, I thought he was honestly a pretty generic bad guy. But I don't think the episode hinged on him being an interesting character. Really? Because I... I, I Here's what I think. Um, with the Strangler, 
I was laughing when he's in misery, when SpongeBob has his cleats in his eye sockets and, and when he's torturing him and he can't escape SpongeBob. But I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe it's because his character isn't fleshed out enough, but I actually kind of felt bad for the prisoner <laughs> when SpongeBob was torturing him. It's kind of like how you cheer for the bank robbers at times. Right. The thing is, like, I would, SpongeBob was definitely annoying in both episodes, but the thing is, SpongeBob, like, he was, I was aware that he was annoying in SpongeBob Meets the Strangler, but I wasn't annoyed by him. Whereas, like, I actually kind of felt irritated by SpongeBob in the getaway. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. I, I, I can I just, see. So I kind of felt bad for the guy. I didn't feel bad for him. I just, I didn't feel anything, really. Like, hmm. I, I mean, I know he's a criminal. <laughs> no, I mean, I know. I, I do agree that the Strangler is more focused in SpongeBob meets the Strangler. Like that episode hinges a lot more on the Strangler being an interesting character than this yeah, one yeah. does because it has the getaway aspect. It has Mrs. Puff's subplot. Um, it has the driving aspect. Like it has other things, but I still feel like this guest star, I don't, I don't know who it is. It's some other guy that's known for playing criminals. Um, not Steve Buscemi. Uh, I, I, he just, he leaves no impression. Like his voice acting is not, interesting his character design is not interesting like i feel like the characters from jailbreak last season the the characters that get like two lines each are much better designed and much more interesting than this random schmuck mm -hmm. and i just i feel like that really because a lot of the episode is dedicated to spongebob torturing him inadvertently it's like for me to not care about him that's that's a that's a problem hmm. yeah the the voice actor is joe pantaliano Known for playing roles in The Goonies and The Sopranos. Ah, there we go. Oh, well, there we go. He's a mobster. So, yeah. On TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we got Dorsal Dan, who was definitely the better of the two characters. Right. Like, so I wouldn't say that... I wouldn't say that, like... Th that's the thing, is that there's a lot more going on than in Spongebob Meets the Strangler, where it's very much between the dynamic between those two, so the character needed to be interesting. That's why I'm saying that, yes, Sticky Fins is not an interesting character. I'll give you that. And, yeah, I can see how it would take away from the conflict of the episode that he's getting tormented constantly if you don't even care about him. Mm -hmm. I just do think there is enough other stuff there that I don't mind as much. There's small chuckle-worthy gags. Uh, the whole thing with Mrs. Puff is just kind of eyebrow-raising and keeps me interested. Um, it Chuckle, this is a family show. <laughs> I ain't talking about his tender foot, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm, yeah. I'm I, just, I just uh, continue. I'm just saying there's there's other stuff to keep me interested there whereas if SpongeBob meets the Strangler was about sticky fins, I can tell you a lot of it would have fallen apart and not been as interesting. St SpongeBob meets the sticky fins. <laughs> SpongeBob meets the sticky fins. <laughs> uh uh, I'm so, I'm amazed we got this far with neither of you mentioning the the big Easter egg at the beginning of the episode. Smitty Warbin Yangerman Jensen. Yes, I didn't I, notice that. Where was he? Was he's he in the when, when they were backing up? Uh, no, at the very very beginning of the episode. I mean, look, it's a background cameo that means it means nothing in terms of quality of the episode. Um, but it's cool. It's definitely cool. If Mrs. Puff's gonna take him to go driving in a graveyard so we can't kill anybody, that's definitely the background gag you should do. True. Yeah. Also, there's a phone booth in this episode. 
Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Puff mentions like get me to a payphone, yeah, and then she goes, like, "What?" <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure at that point, a lot of the audience was like, "What? <laughs> Excuse What's me? What's a payphone? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the new iPhone?" <laughs> uh, all right so the comparisons um we we can all agree that the strangler is just so much of a better character than sticky fins easily yeah. e- even more so than dorsal ban right and also um motivation wise like i just i find that like angle of this he's trying to kill spongebob and spongebob is outwitting him either intentionally or unintentionally that's up for the viewer to decide whereas in the getaway it's basically just he's stealing stuff like i don't know and then also some oh, something minor that bugged me about the getaway is that the stuff they steal disappears between shots mm-hmm. Ooh, like the jewelry yeah. yeah it's not they rob like, jewelry twice they I rob mean, it from like those rich people and they also rob it from the jewelry store i mean he did go and launder the money right oh uh, yeah. <laughs> god dang it i don't like that joke that's so obvious oh come uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess the target audience probably hasn't seen like Breaking Bad or whatever, but <laughs> Sticky Fins is actually Walter White. <laughs> oh now th- they should have gotten, dude. If they got Brian Cranston, Sticky Fins would not have been a boring character. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, he would have been like Heisenbob. <laughs> Breaking uh, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um. Yeah, I, I I still don't think any of the joke comes close to the cleats. Um, no, the cleats is one of the best. Right. Um, visually, like the getaway looks nicer because it's you know like what eighteen years later and in HD. Like, um, I can agree there. Of course, I would say the ghetto like is a is a one quick point I want to like kind of put in while we're talking about the animation. Um, I would say the getaway has. I think better subtle details in it because we were talking about, you know, the Smitty cameo and like right. the guy from the guy from uh, chocolate with nuts being inserted into an, into like a place that makes sense. And there's just a lot of interesting stuff going on in the background. I do think that if the getaway wins in anything, it would be subtle details like that. Yes. Uh, also monsters. Did you notice anything about when sticky fins was getting hit at the coral? No. <laughs> if you want to know what I'm talking about, watch my season ten review. Done, um, done. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely agree. But I at mean, the same time, like SpongeBob meets the Strangler with it only being in season three, didn't have anything to reference. Well, it's, it's not just <laughs> well, references; it's just kind of like fun little attention to detail going right, on. No, yeah, right. that is yeah. cool. I, I, like, I guess. Hmm. I guess I want to say this is that the getaway. I think what it is is I think it kind of has boring cinematography. Like I, I maybe that's what it is in that even though a lot of things are in motion, I just don't like. I feel like we're seeing the same angle of the car a lot of the episodes. It's it's yeah. no matter no matter which plot it's following, both plots are two guys sitting in a car. Right, basically, and so it's like it's weird. I mean, we have a we have a comment here um, from Sandals that says the getaway has more energy and a much better atmosphere, though the Strangler was funnier. Um, and yeah, I like I. On the one hand, like, I feel like, yes, a car chase is interesting, but it just, because they're in the car for so much of the episode, and you're right, it's, we're cutting between two of basically the same action, <laughs> like, uh, it's a little, it, it's a little monotonous, like, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how you'd break that up, I mean, they do get out of the car at one point, and then at the very end, but, I don't also, know. Also, maybe this plays into dumb character logic, but after, after Spongebob and... 
the criminal he's driving end back up in the jail? Why would Dorsal Dan pull up to the to the jail? Yeah, I don't know. That's that. <laughs> I found that weird. Like he turns that's off. That's how he gets arrested. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't follow them off the cliff. <laughs> I was. I don't know, Chuck. It sounded like you had like a response or something. <laughs> no, I just. I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you gotta have Mrs. Puff at the end with a, of course, a gag about how she wants to be thrown in prison. Yeah. Of course, of course. Lock me up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do kind of hope that the whole um th- th- they have been doing more continuity stuff lately and it'd be really funny if they mention the fact or just subtly nod toward the fact that she loves a man who's in prison that she can't be with <laughs> <laughs> well i so <laughs> i forgot what i was gonna say uh i guess while while i mentioned the viewer comments let's get to the other two uh so we have one from zelda master 82 who says spongebob meets the strangler had better comedy and I like the Strangler more than the guy in the getaway, who is just kind of a generic prison guy. Although it was fun getting to see him abused by SpongeBob's obliviousness, which, yeah, I, um, fair enough. All you have to know yeah. is that he did bad things and he deserves it. Yeah. What did Sticky Fins do? I, I guess he stole things. This is his big thing. I, I they should have had him be a litterer. Like that would have been right. <laughs> I mean, his name is Sticky Fins, so. I mean, it would have been honestly if we're talking like continuity stuff. If if it was the Strangler that SpongeBob picks up from prison, <laughs> and uh, he also doesn't know it's him there either, <laughs> right? Right. <Yeah. laughs> he just got diagnosed with face blindness. <laughs> uh, and then our our third comment is from Blue Sector Mirage, who says SpongeBob meets the Strangler is probably the episode where SpongeBob uh, displays the most intelligence he's ever had in a single episode. If uh, honestly, the way SpongeBob just innocently tortures the strangler is darn funny the getaway is just pure energy it's quite an excellent episode probably my second favorite of season 10 it's yeah i, th- I think it's good hmm. i would say lower end of good not meh <laughs> do you guys have anything else about these episodes i think i got everything out that i really wanted to say like i think i had all those points i made my point about mrs puff's love life coming up a lot in recent episodes <laughs> yeah I, yeah, I, if we didn't make it clear, we like SpongeBob meets the Strangler more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess this the the last thing. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I think it, the Getaway is a very interesting episode to talk about, and I think it's it's like. I mean, another thing is just that like, and monsters. You probably don't know this, but Chugga, you probably do. Just that this is the fourth episode in a row of boating school episodes that have taken place out like outside driving, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. I just I feel like I just I feel like it's the perfect storm of being like just similar enough to a lot of other things that I feel like I've seen this before. But then there are some original aspects to the episode and some things that I like. And that's kind of where I am. And that's ultimately why I picked this episode, because we could have done SpongeBob's place and Patty Hype. And I would have pretty much had nothing good to say about SpongeBob's place, to be honest with you. Uh, same thing with housewarming. Um, I, I was going to say, I think you made a good choice there because like. I, d- I didn't dislike SpongeBob's place as much as you, but my feeling was it was an okay, inoffensive viewing that I didn't mind doing once. And right, there's you just nothing to really say. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have much to like defend or whatever. Where I feel like, even though I I do still feel very meh about the getaway, I I feel like my opinion is such that there's like it's meh because there's good and bad things, and it's weird and interesting versus like just a boring episode where it's just like well whatever so i'm 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 open to hearing other opinions on this one and i'm I'm very open to eh, bumping it to upper or lower meh accordingly 
<laughs> that that's that's good. Um, I I I do want to say that yeah, we all agree SpongeBob Eats the Strangler is better though. But at the same time, the episode this is pitted up against is a really hard act to follow. Where even the better episodes of recent seasons that people are like, oh yeah, best episode in that season, I don't think even those would that we'd come out of those like most of those saying that they're better than SpongeBob Meets the Strangler. So what you're saying is the next time we talk about SpongeBob on this show, we should pick like an episode like Mimic Madness or something and pit it up against a really <laughs> good episode from early seasons. What could you pit that up against that's really similar? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> missing I, identity. I, <laughs> like missing, I, I I hate to say it, but it has some similarities with the sponge that could fly, but that's another one sided way, just in the opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we could just pit it up against just another good episode. I'm going to find a way to include the episode My Leg. <laughs> uh, all I ever hear about is My Leg and Ink Lemonade. I, you'd, you'd think that those are the only two episodes in season 11 based upon how people talk. No, I haven't seen it either. I just, by the title and from what I know about it, it just seems like it's it's something that needs to be discussed. Mm. I, there have been tons of YouTube videos already, from my understanding. <laughs> you've, um, uh, you've you've already compared uh, the thing with uh, jellyfishing, so I have, I have. But there's there's lots of other comparisons in SpongeBob, and there's too um, many Squidward torture episodes, you know. Right, right. They're not always as one sided as you might think, but no. uh, but but anyway, we always like to close off our podcast with a trivia game, and this week I left it up to Monsters, so blame him if it's awful. Uh... Take it away, Monsters. <laughs> that, that was a great introduction thank yeah. you so much lower that um, expectations no <laughs> i'm sure you did a great job great great uh, uh, great trait for a podcast host to have no no faith in his co-host yeah <laughs> okay so basically what we're gonna do is uh i'm going to read off a description and i need the title and the season for you to earn the point so i have a few of these all right um, I'll have Pie Guy go first, followed by Chaga. Okay. Um, all right. So the first one. Gary is eager to indulge in some snail snacks SpongeBob brought home. The episode is called Treats, and it is from season. Oh goodness. Uh, it's from season nine. Is it necessary to specify nine A or nine B? <laughs> No, no, just say no. no. Yeah, it's it's treats from season nine. <laughs> you guys are wrong. Season eight? <laughs> yeah, it's season eight. Dang it. Wow. Season, I, season... I wasn't just copying. I really thought it was nine. <laughs> season nine was the one with the pet toy. Ah, God. Oh, yeah, the ball. <laughs> oh. Gary episodes are so similar, man. <laughs> okay, number two. Mr. Krabs sends SpongeBob and Patrick to run a traveling restaurant. Ah, uh, that's easy. Oh, actually, uh, that's tw- 20,000 patties. Oh, goodness. What's Hang on. It's 20,000 patties below the sea, I think is the name of it. And that's a season five episode. It's 20,000 patties under the sea, and it's season five. That's correct. Dang it. <laughs> oh, that's such, such a, a little thing. That's an evil episode <laughs> title. I, I, I remember that episode vividly, not for the content of the episode, but because the music on the title card is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's so weird that it is. I'm pretty sure one of the Beatles is the guest star in that episode. Ringo like, Starr, right? I don't know. You're the one with the thing pulled up. Ringo Starfish. <laughs> He's a giant sea monster. He's some musician. So Chugga's winning one to nothing. 
Because we tied, yeah. Or, yeah, because we got nothing. <laughs> we tied and losing the first yeah, we tied round. And <laughs> Number three. The Flying Dutchman stays with SpongeBob to reclaim his dignity. Ghost Host Season 4. I mean, Chuck can, can just copy. <laughs> he can. But maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm this is I'm thinking about episode. this, and I'm... I'm, I'm wanting to say that's a Season 5 episode. I'm going to say Ghost Host Season 5. Well, you should have gone with your gut, because it is Season 4, Ghost <laughs> Host. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good episode. Mm-hmm. So now it's all tied up. Okay. One to one. Also, I don't don't think I didn't notice that that helping Chugga their monsters. You could you could just <laughs> copy him, wink wink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked against him. Yeah. It well, did. no, it didn't. If he copied me, it wouldn't have worked against him. Yeah, I should have just copied. I shouldn't have just. I was thinking like <laughs> I was thinking five before you said anything, and then I didn't go with it. Well, you know what? You were original with your answer, and that that earns you some like imaginary points. That er- that earns you an imaginary friend from Foster's. <laughs> uh, okay. Can it not be blue? <laughs> <laughs> it's, Nobody wants blue. It's one of the knockoff blues from the ice 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 capades. Ice I was gonna say or... from the Go Go Go, but mm. okay. Next episode, numero quattro. When SpongeBob hides the Krabby Patty formula in his house, Gary must protect it from plankton. I love this episode. But the name of it is escaping me. Um, I got I don't, it. I don't think this is the right one, but yeah, no, it's not. Shellback Shenanigans is, is, is the one where Plankton disguises himself as Gary. Dang it. I don't know the title of this episode. Go for it, Chuck. Can, can you give me a season? Uh, well, that, that doesn't earn me any points. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what? You told me. No, it me. doesn't. I was joking. <laughs> no. Okay, so why would I help Chugga then by giving the season? Make it Go up Chugga. <laughs> Pineapple Invasion Season 9. Ah, that is correct. Dang it. <laughs> ah, it's a really good episode. It's just the title is not... It's not the most indicative of what happens. It, it's like Pull Up a Barrel where it's a great episode with a bad title. Right, right. It should be more like Gar- Gary's Shell Invasion, really. Anyway, <laughs> that's not a great title either, but Go Monsters. Chugga's winning, <laughs> Chugga's winning two to one. Uh, you do have a chance in this last question, Pie Guy, to tie him. Okay. So, here we go. SpongeBob becomes normal. Oh come on, that's easy. Uh, not not normal from season we, six. Yeah, we talked gonna, about this. Yeah, episode. we made a video about it together. So I'm just gonna copy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> All right. Uh, but Chugga wins by one point, three to two. It was a great game. It was poorly planned, but it worked out in the end. <laughs> no, thank you. It was, it was, it was fun. Uh, Congratulations, I, Chugga. Thank you, thank you. When now I can say that doing a video with you in the past meant something in life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't take satisfaction out of working with me before. I see how it is. Now I've Ooh. actually won something from it. <laughs> uh, you were your own downfall, inviting me. Monsters, we have a terrible track record at winning these. Yeah, <laughs> I no, lost, for real. I lost the other one, and you've lost, like, I think two of three that you've done. Yeah, I've lost most of them. I know that much. So we got we got to either up our game or stop giving the guests the, uh, uh, help. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just very happy that the one time you gave me help, I didn't take it, and it was my undoing, and then I won by knowing a favorite episode of yours that you couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Ah, pineapple Invasion. Well, I, I won't forget it now. 
I don't yeah, know. It's, 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 great. I think one of those things is that it is for some like it it lines up more for me with shellback shenanigans. So that's just where my mind goes. So I pushed the original episode title out of my head. You you know on the note of shellback shenanigans, how many seasons do you think it is? Before we get Plankton dressing up as Patrick to steal the formula, because it's really the only one he hasn't done. Um, probably, we're probably going to get Plankton dresses up as Mrs. Puff to give a boating school lesson, which somehow ends up in stealing the formula. Which I think, think could be an interesting episode, but... You, th- you uh, think we'll get that before Patrick? Yeah, probably. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. I mean, Patrick's up there. Do you think we'll get the Mr. Krabs and Plankton, like, Karate Kid parody first? <laughs> <laughs> like, we we've... He's dressed up as Mr. Krabs. He's Cobra Crab. <laughs> That's a really Cobra bad crab. pun. We, we've had a uh, we've had Crabborg. We've had someone's in the kitchen with Sandy. We've had Shellback shenanigans. We've had uh, the one with his grandmommy. Yeah, Grand- we had <laughs> we had him try to get the formula out of Squidward, but I guess he hasn't dressed up as Squidward. Yeah, he's he's well. I mean, he became Patrick at the end of uh, that one. The, the inside job. Yeah. So, I don't know. You're right, though. I, I could see that. I could I could see, like, them just basically recreating the first Plankton episode where he gets his little mind control thing with Patrick, but, like, there's no brain to attach it to or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for being here, Chugga. This was a lot uh, yeah, of fun. Yeah, thank you, man. Oh, thank you both for inviting me. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I like talking about SpongeBob. It's something I can't often talk about in my videos either. <laughs> yeah, it, you're very welcome to come back on the podcast anytime you want. <laughs> all right. Thank you. So uh, with that, thank you guys for being here. I hope you guys liked our all SpongeBob episode. Uh, let us know if you'd like to see more episodes that are maybe like singularly focused a little bit more. Because um, if, if, if we're light on news or maybe we just don't want to talk about any news in a week, uh, I think substituting that segment for something else. that It worked last time when we talked about the Netflix show. Dude, you only talk about SpongeBob. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Chuck. All right. Um, what if Pie Guy's actually Patchy this entire time? I mean, he had that video where he was going to dress up as Patchy in costume and review the Patchy episodes. <laughs> that hasn't happened. Uh, <laughs> I'd never reach that Patreon goal. Anyway, <laughs> Pie Guy's Pie Guy rules out. Bye, Guy's rules. Bye!